Okay, so we have a new episode of Legends and Leaders, and today it's great to have Max here, the CEO of EaterMax. You know, you're somebody that has taken the mobile gaming industry by storm. I mean, what you guys did with Trivia Crack was so impressive, and you know, no one really created a trivia game like you guys did for mobile that um, had this has achieved the scale and and the fun and interactivity of the social elements of between friends and so many questions like you guys did. I mean, it really took the world by storm. I mean, I think within a year after it being created, it became the most downloaded game you know, in that category. Um, and it's still, you know, this is the 10th anniversary um, and it's still going strong. And you have a bunch of other, you know, games you guys have been creating at Max, And, you know, so I'm excited to have you here, Max, and to get into your story. Thank you, Ben. Awesome. So where did your kind of this you know, experience uh, and passion for gaming and entrepreneurship develop? Was it something, Max, that you had as a kid? You know, you played a game, you got into it then. How did that start? Well, um, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and that was my, my main goal. and. I started realizing that, especially when I was a kid, that computing was, was the future and the present, right? And I, I started thinking about how computers change everything from flights to how we work in, in the office. And I said, well, I want to be part of this revolution. And I remember being 15 years old in the, in the crisis of 2000 with, with uh, all the stocks problems, you know, the, 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 the problem with the stocks. And so I remember being, I'm, I'm too young right now, but I, I will be in the next revolution. So I started studying software engineering. And, but my main goal was always to be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to be an, an engineer just per se, right? Actually, I never had a, a, a job apart from being the CEO of Edenrex. Uh Everything I did uh, till that point was just testing things, doing things that could make my first, you know, my first money to support myself and then a first employee. I did a lot of things, a lot of things, and a lot of the things I started doing, I couldn't finish doing because of myself, right? So I proposed myself to start and finish businesses or, or whatever idea I had. I did that with my, my, with one of my, of my projects that didn't work, but the next project I did was the, actually the first iPhone trading application in the world, which I later sold to TD Ameritrade. I, I didn't finish school at that time. And it started as a, just as a project for myself because I was trading stocks. And then the iPhone came out. Uh, I made the app for myself. I spoke with, uh, with my broker, which was Ameritrade, and they, they offered me right to just to uh, deliver the, the application for the clients and get a, a percentage of, of the transactions. And that was my first successful story. I was just myself. I made a, a couple million dollars after a few years with, with that application. Um, and that allowed me to actually start Aramax with, with a friend of, of university. And we decided that uh, we wanted to be uh, in that first uh, mobile revolution, right? We were the first, one of the first developers in the world. And we wanted to be there as a company and try to, to see what happened. We were 22 years old at the time. And then um, a lot of things happened in the meantime, like two years trying things. And before games, what we tried was uh, to turn our, our mobile uh, trading application into a social thing, into a game, right? So like a, a, a simulation. And our, our idea was to get this Facebook uh, merge with, uh, with a trading application. Uh, and the social aspect was very important. And we made it and, and it worked, but we didn't have many users. And so I started thinking what, what could bring us to the next level, right? Um, and I, I, I always joke that I used to say in my company, we will never do a game because we are a, you know, a serious company. We were making like, 
financial services applications. So, but at, at, at certain point, you just start learning. You learn about your industry, you learn about, around the world, and you start trying to win. And you realize that you want to do what you want to do is, is to do something relevant. And that's how we came up with our first game idea, uh, which was basically the idea of, of getting a, a game that was basically um, just a social experience that uh, where the game was just the, the, the means to know another person. So we thought about a, a word game, a, a Scrabble-like game, and we thought about making it multilingual because we were Spanish speakers. And so we did it and was very successful, especially in Spain, which was probably the most successful game in Spain in history. Um, was, it was 2011, 2012, which of course was the most downloaded game and app there in, in Spain. And, until this day is the most played game among uh, old people in, in Spain. And it was a financial success. I mean, it allowed us to just stop doing everything else and do game, but it wasn't like, you know, something game as a game changer, right? So we continue doing games. We made that second game, a third game. The second was quite, I mean, normal. The third one was a disaster. And so I... I stopped what we were doing, like two years passed from our, our first game. And I, I started thinking about which was the next step, right? Well, I didn't want just to do a social experience or, or just one more thing in the world. I mean, it was okay before, but now we want to do something different, right? So my aim was to just get this, this Warcrack idea, the called Palabrados or Warcrack in English, and, and make it for the rest of the world, especially in the rest of the Spanish-speaking world. because we were very successful in Spain, but in Argentina, for example, where we are in another continent, we weren't successful. Nobody was playing the game here, just a few players, same in Mexico, whatever. So I, I thought, can we make this like a Latin American thing? So I started thinking about a, a broader game, you know, uh, something for everyone. And I started thinking about trivia and I thought, I mean, trivia is in, in TV always right since i was born there's always a, a tv a, a tv show about trivia actually today there are many here in argentina probably all around the world and and but i realized nobody did that in in the mobile space so there must be a, a difficulty there so we, we realized very quickly the difficulty which was the questions right so when you do a tv show you just need 20 questions in just one language and you know your market because you're you're there so it's very easy. You just go and, and find the questions and, and you make the show, right? But if you want to do uh, an app like ours, you need millions of questions and, or at least, you know, 10,000 or 100,000. And then you have the problem, especially in Latin America, where people in Argentina, in Bolivia and, and Mexico, they speak, we speak the same language, but we don't care about the same things, right? Uh, same happens with the UK and, and the US. And so you, you not only need a lot of questions, but you need a lot of questions per country. So I, I thought that as a, an opportunity because we, we knew how to make uh, everything else in the game. Like we were good at the social aspects. We were making animations. We were making, we were very good at, at server side uh, engineering. And then this, this new idea of the, the question factory came out and, 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 and I thought, what if people just send the questions? That's the easy part, right? Like just people like sending questions. We received at some point like a million questions per day, but most of them were trash. That, that, that's the, the main problem. So how do you make 
separate the, the relevant questions from the, the non-relevant questions. And when you have the rele relevant, how you get the best questions out of it, right? Because some questions are good. Some questions are, are good enough that you say, well, it's a good question, but probably not that good, right? So the question factory is basically a, a system where people send their questions and then other people, like 100 other people, just see that question and react to it. Either they say it's okay, they like it, they don't like it, or maybe there's a problem with orthography, maybe it's a repeated question or whatever. Actually, repeated questions is one, one of the most difficult things to, to fix, but if, if certain fa uh, um, examination from a, a large number of users uh, is, 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 is passed through the question, then the question goes to the system, and then the, once it's in the system, it, it keeps continuing getting uh, information about how the, the question is used in the game, and then you, we sort it uh, because of, of those, uh, those, those variables. So it worked. So at, 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 at first, it was just a tool for, for people just managing questions by hand. So it was like a mixed uh, system. And then we evolved the system into a fully automatic system. And then it became so good that we, we were number one in Turkey, for example, that we didn't know the language or the culture or whatever in Russia and, <laughs> and other places, apart from being number one all around the world, right? It was number one in the US for more days than any other game in history was the most downloaded wow. app in 2015. It was number one in Canada. It was number one in, in Europe, you know, in, in Russia, in Argentina, in all Latin America. So it was pretty big success. It allowed us to, you know, our revenue went 50x from one year to the other. Um, our company changed dramatically. And we had, I, I again had the chance to just say, well, let's just sell this for a small fortune and, or a big fortune actually. And, and then just not work for the rest of my life. But then remember that I did this to be an entrepreneur. So this is the price for me, like working every day at Aramax and doing new stuff and hiring people and making more games. I'm failing a lot, actually, uh, is what I would like to do. And now we have a very big company, hundreds of employees. We make hundreds of games. Some of them are still active and and and. and and we're still releasing games. Right now we're releasing a VR game with a whole new world that you will be able to access through VR headsets or, or even the, the cell phone and, and it, everything's connected with the question factory. So you play trivia in, the, in this world, but the questions are still from the, the, the game, right? So once you create right, this hit game, a lot of people like it, it becomes the most downloaded game. How do you continue to have people engage with it, right? Because it, it could be a fad or it can be long lasting. Now is your 10th anniversary of the game. It's been around, you know, quite some time. You launched in 2013 initially. Um, yeah, how do you continue to make it relevant for people and retain the user base and grow it? Well, that's a very good question. Actually, we were pretty unscientific until we released uh, Trivia Crack in terms of we just made things that we thought that were going to work and, and we put it in the, the product. And from that, we, from that point, we started thinking about, well, let's make it better each with, with iterations. So, so we started making like A-B testings. We started uh, getting data people and understanding the user, what made retention actually, which is the, the main uh, variable of, of our industry, which is how much people keep playing, right? It's, it's as simple as that. And we measure that and we measure when, when we change something, we made an A-B test and we say, this is half a, a point of retention or maybe we handle monetization or whatever. So we keep like making the, 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 the game better. And at the same time, we 
we had other part of the company like thinking about revolutions, right? One was an evolution and the other ones were revolutions. Like we made Trivagra Kingdoms, which was all about uh, subjects. Then we made Trivagra 2, we made Trivagra Adventure. We made, we made a lot of like revolutions and now we are making our biggest revolution with VR and 3D <laughs> World. But at the same time, we keep, you know, the old game and try to make it better in, in each iteration. So that's more or less how we handle the company. We have like this milking cow and then we, we got a lot of uh, research and development. So you also like experimented with filters. You had a filter with, with Instagram and that I think drove a bunch of users to you. And, you know, how, how significant has things like that been? Like having the, it available as like a, a web game and having a filter, like other forms of play besides just the mobile app. Well, it hasn't, I will made a lot of things. We, we made uh, that, we made uh, an Alexa and Google Home uh, game. We, we watched the most successful game at the time. Uh, we also made, um, for example, things for, for other uh, companies and, and other brands so that they can gamify their experiences. And what that does is first, it expands what you are, right? We are trivia everywhere company. So that's what we want to do. And we know most of the things are not going to be instant uh, businesses, you know, but it keeps the brand active uh, in, in the minds of the users and the world. It keeps, you know, things flowing. And then we also understand things, difficulties, that, that arise and how we can uh, use them for, for our benefit. One of those, those were GPT. We started using GPT from day one, and then we, we, we made a, a few advances with it. For example, I, I told you before that repeated questions, not same questions, but you know, same semantic questions, which are written in different ways. It's a very difficult uh, problem to solve, and GPT worked very well for that. Also, people do not have the best orthography in the world. <laughs> So they, they don't, do not write correctly and, and people complain for, with that. So we, we made a standard for that. And then GPT is very good for uh, standardization, especially among many languages. Imagine that also translations. And then we started like thinking about new stuff. Like what, what if just you have a question, which is fine, but what if you have like this, this entity that speaks about the questions, right? It speaks about what? The questions is about or of things that are related to the question so we made this context you know this ai context and it worked very well and then we put video into it and and now with the video is it, it's a, another another dimension so we made a lot of things we made a netflix uh, experience also um so the idea for us is to make this this these businesses that maybe are not as good in terms of of, of return as the main um, as the main product, but it keeps the, the, the main product fresh and, and also allows us to understand where, where the future is. For example, we were the number one, the first game in Apple Watch uh, when, when, it, when it released. Actually, we made it before it released. So we try to be always there. And each time we made uh, our product into a new platform, we learn new things about how good uh, our content is and how the new technologies will allow us to bring it to the future. So where do you think like your kind of self-belief to be able to build a company and, and make it successful within this category came from? I mean, like you mentioned before, um, Max, you know, you said that there was nobody who created really trivia that nailed it for, for mobile and really created a, a great experience for that. You know, you could have thought, hey, maybe there's a reason why people didn't do it. And, you know, it hasn't been successful. Why did you think that you were the right person to really take this on to, and to build something around this category? Well, I would say that first, being successful, like drives you to think you're going to be successful every time, which is not true. 
but it allows you to take this this risk, right? Also, uh, we had a 40 people company when we started um, Etermax with some experience. So as I told you before, to me, it was finding something that nobody could do, but we could almost do, right? Like we were the, the best, we had the best chances. So that's what, how I drive my ideas. I try to, to see which is my, my competitive advantage if you want. And then, yes, sometimes you, you realize that it was a real barrier that was difficult. So I try to, first I want to, when, when I have a dream or a product, I, I try to think about the price, right? If it happens, like forget about uh, if it will happen, but if it happens, what will happen, right? <laughs> it will be like game changer. It will be the most important thing in your life. Uh, so I try to go to things that are more or less realistic, but really will change the, the, the landscape of what I'm doing. And it, it worked because when you're an entrepreneur, what you're trying to do is do something that it's not in the world, right? It's doing something different. And then when you, when you do it, you, your new task is to continue being the best, right? Um, so that, that's how you do it. So we, we want to do new things, especially when you start. My main, uh, my main advice is to understand the problem, right? Not the solution, but the problem. You have to, and, and give all the hours you can, everything you have, and, and I worked a lot when I was young. I, I still work, but when I was young, I was, I was like, this is going to, if it fails, it's not going to be me. That's what my, my, my mentality, right? Uh, and then you have to be, uh, uh, paradoxically, the other thing you have to do is prepare for failure because it will happen. So even if a, a successful person, which I, I consider myself a successful person, um, it works one of 10 times if, if you're successful, right? If not, it's maybe one in 20 or whatever. So being resilient and, and being able to get a failure and turn it into experience, I think it's the most important do. Uh, a thing, a thing to do. Um, I would say that people overestimate intelligence, overestimate, you know, um, like preconditions, and underestimate the the will of, of of trying to win. Right? Most people I know that are not able to do to be an entrepreneur. It's not because they don't have the the IQ, or don't have the experience, or they were born in some place or whatever. It's because they don't want to. Because wanting something very hard means leaving other stuff in the, in, in the way, right? So everybody wants to be successful and a millionaire or whatever. Everybody, everybody wants that. The problem is how much are you willing to give up for that um, in terms of time, in terms of, you know, being there and being the, the failure is just a bad sensation. I mean, spending a lot of time in th something that doesn't work and your only price is, oh, you learned something. It's, it's not a, a good feeling. And if you don't have the, the idea of this being a path to, to your, you know, to the, the thing you want, it won't, won't happen. And the third thing you need to accept is that even if you do everything right, even if you're the right person, it may not work, right? And so what, you need to have that mentality of if it doesn't work, I have to start again and I have to change things and I have to be better and try again. And it, that may take 10 years. And that's the mentality I have. And it really worked faster than I thought. And I thought, that my success that I have today, I would have had it not even in 70 years, right? I would have been very, very happy if what happened to me at 28 happened to me at 70. And when it happened in 28, I, I thought, well, now I'm just going to go to the next step. And that's how I, I think. 
how did you manage that also at 28, having that type of success, still remaining humble and, you know, uh, trying to be able to kind of keep to be, to be yourself still and not letting it get to you? Like, how did you kind of manage that and stick to the fundamentals of scaling and really building out, you know, what your dream was at the time? I would say um, I always prepared myself for it, right? Uh, like since I was a kid and I was a millionaire by the age of 21 by myself. So that helped because you had success. I had a, at the age of 23, I had a, you know, a social success. So people were, would make me like uh, interviews or whatever. And then I had trigger crack, right? Which was like an egg at hundred X. So in each, in each step, I learned how to handle that. And it, that allowed me to, for the next step to be easier to, for me. Right. I realized that success is just a moment, uh, and, and it's a small moment actually. And, but it's, it's really gratifying, of course. Um, I mean, I, I really liked, uh, like when I see my life and what happened. So it's something that that's, it's, it's really good, but, uh, you get used to it. So it's important that, that you just do the best with what you have always. So if you, if you're successful and you start being cocky, then you're not the best. You didn't do the best with what you have, right? What you had, you had it. If you are uh, successful and then, you know, you, 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 you are a miserable person because you don't like your life, then you fail. So it's everything part of a, a, a single thing. People try to separate things like this is this guy is rich, so he should be happy. This guy is successful, so he, he should be good with people. This, has, this, this, this person was like did very um, uh, impossible things, so he should be able to speak about it and, and you know, and... and motivate other people and that those things are not connected. You have to work for that. And if you want the whole package, you have to work for the whole package. And that's what I, I try to do. I try to be better in every aspect of my life, not just, uh, in the, in the, the financial aspect or, or in my, my just happiness aspect, right? The, the raw happiness aspect. So, you know, as, as you kind of progressed, um, you know, there, there's kind of like, uh, there was a point I think where. I mean, you hit 60, I think it's now like 600 million plus downloads worldwide that you've been at. How did like operationally the company change? I mean, you want to, of course, have these fundamentals in place, the ones that help build this to what it, what it is today um, and be able to scale it. Like, how do you make sure that the you know, employees are motivated, that people really are disciplined, that they want to be able to, they want to, they believe in this mission that you have? Like, how do you kind of instill that well, scaling up the amount of people you have? Well, it's a, again, a very good question. It's, it's difficult to turn it into words, but basically I would say, try to be the best leader you, you can every day and inspire people. I, that, that's a very good uh, thing because people don't want to work for weak leaders, right? I mean, who am I following? If, if that guy is, you know, uh, thinking about selling the company, thinking about <laughs> other stuff or, or thinking about working less, nobody wants to follow that leader. So be a good leader. And learning, right? be, you, you learn to be a good leader by listening to the people that are, are being led, right? Um, then a lot of experimentation. You have to, we will build, build in industry, as I said. We, we build the industry because it didn't, it didn't exist, the, the mobile game industry when we started. And, and it, it changed over time. It started some, uh, somehow and then after a few years, the, the, the nature changed. So... It's about uh, trying and error, being a strong leader, and then getting the right people into into place. 
uh, and then motivating them and trying things and then failing and then trying new things and then learning from that and making and trying to make people, you know, uh, follow a structure that, that we all learned. And, and, and then the other thing I would say that helps is to be very clear why you do things and why you change. Because we are in a company that changes things very, very fast. So when I say we're going to do this, I say we're going to do this because I believe in this, 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 and I expect this to happen. And I hear everyone like, you don't believe this is going to happen? Okay, right. I, I Maybe it's a good uh, argument or whatever. And once we all realize we're going to do this because we want this and this and this to happen, then we do it. And most of the times it doesn't happen. So we need to change things. If you don't, if you're not clear with that and everything is like, it came from God and now, you know, it's going to work no matter what, and you need to change things, then people, at the, the th second or third thing, uh, time you, you change things, you know, uh, they'd stop believing in you. So being clear, very, very, being open, being open also to, to critics and, and, and other ideas, because if not always when things fail is, but I, I told you so, right? So you need to, you need to make people <laughs> understand that I told you so is very easy when things happen, but very hard before things happen. So as I said before, being a good leader is about everyone to be in the, in the same table, right? And also promote good things like being uh, good in your group, being good with the, your, your, the person you're next to, hiring intelligent people, but also, again, motivating them uh, through the years. For example, the, um, the pandemic was a very special moment for, for the whole industry where people that started thinking, well, I now work from home. Now I don't want to work so many hours. Now I don't see my, my colleagues. So it's difficult for me to, you know, see a clear vision. And you need, we need to, at the time, we needed to, to, to build some tools, some work, some didn't work. And now we changed that also. So it's about, you know, uh, being there and trying to fix problems, just like we do with product. So just the last question that I have, you've done a bunch of things in this space. You've created the trivia category with, with, you know, into what it is today. Like, what do you aspire to do next? What are some things that you feel like you haven't done or games that you want to create that you, that you want to be able to build now? Well, I'm actually, um, I always wanted to do like, um, a, a world, right. A world, like what, what I'm doing in VR. So that's why I, I, I became in love with VR some years ago because it's, I think it's the, the technology that allows us to fully have that, that social experience, right? Mobile phones are very good uh, with, with the social experience, but they are still not the same as being, as being next to somebody else or, or, or multiple people. And I, I always, like, I, I saw the, the, um, the movie Ready Player One, for example, and I, I envisioned that, that, that world where you can just, you know, be free from, from the physics and, and be really connected to other people. And it's difficult, and we started doing it by what we know, which is a, a trivia, you know, um, a trivia park. That that's the, the place we are we are building, and so that, that's where I'm today. But again, um, I, I I'm I'm thrilled by technology. I like robots. I like fusion energy. I like you know space travel, and I like software. I think software it's it's very powerful. So whatever makes people you know feel chills when when they see the things we do because it's new because it's a new experience because it's something well done uh, from an engineer standpoint but also from a product standpoint that makes me just work for years to make it happen 
Look, Max, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I think you have a great story. I mean, to be able to kind of try try all these different ideas, try the financial space, and then wind up going into trivia because you saw this opportunity to create something for mobile that wasn't done yet. And, you know, the question that having the, the users submit questions and figuring out how to filter them, I mean, it was so innovative, the processes that you had. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see what you continue to do and, and to do next. And I appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much, man.